Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. This is episode 13, Scholarships, Show Me the Money. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. This is the first part in a series I'm doing on scholarships. If you're listening to this live, last Friday, I held an online webinar for parents. And the number one question I got, it wasn't even close, was on scholarships and how to win those. So everyone says, hey, there's a ton of scholarships out there. Just apply and win them. If scholarships were that easy, everyone would go win them. In this episode, you'll learn practical tips to develop a plan to win. Now, again, this will be a multi-podcast episode uh, series. So I'm going to start today with some of the basics, and then we're going to continue on uh, in the next two, three. It'll probably end up being a four-part series on scholarships. And I've got a lot of experience with scholarships as a grader, um, certainly as a student who applied, my own kids who have applied. And I want to share with you just a a little bit of that background, and then I'm going to get into some of the basics of actually applying for the scholarships. Now, before we do that, if you're listening to this live when it comes out uh, on May 7th, on May 8th, I will be having another free parents webinar. And you can go to uh, the show notes of this episode, and you will see how you can register for that on Crowdcast. You can also go to the Chad Cargill Workshops Facebook page and register for that as well. And uh, I'll I'll be uh, hosting another free one where you can ask any questions you want. And we had a great session last week, uh, had great participation and uh, had over, uh, I think we had 117 parents from many, many different, even multiple countries uh, registered for the webinar last week. And uh, I did not quite get all of the questions answered. Uh, I certainly uh, got got close. I tried, but uh, in the, in that hour. So if you didn't get your questions answered or you want to ask more, join us this week, and uh, you can register for that. And I'd be glad to answer any questions you have. All right. So before I get into details of the the first uh, part of this series on scholarships, I want to give you a little background. When I was in high school, I shared this in episode one. I, I applied for a million scholarships. It was the only way that I was going to get to Oklahoma State which is where I was trying to attend. And I learned a lot about that, that whole process of applying and, and what it took. And I had a bunch of scholarship interviews. And I think I just applied for so many that I, I, I got to be a finalist in several and then went for a lot of interviews. And frankly, I made a lot of mistakes in those. So in part three and probably part four of this series, I'm going to talk about what to do when you become a finalist for the scholarship. And especially if you get the opportunity to interview. I'm telling you now, that will be where it is won or lost. So I've done that as a student. I've also been on a lot of scholarship committees and every committee that I've ever directed, we have always had an interview portion. And I'll talk about that. I'll talk about some of our grading as well, but I've just done a lot of grading of scholarship apps and interviewing. And then when I went to work at Lucent Technologies, at that time, it was the largest telecommunication company in the world, and it was highly competitive uh, for hiring and for interns. 
and I was placed on the corporate recruiting team. And part of it was my my work I had done uh, on scholarship committees. I was director of a, a small of a small scholarship uh, committee at Oklahoma State. I was director of that for three years. I was director of a foundation scholarship committee. Um, I was in charge of that for probably a decade. And we gave away a lot of money. Uh, did a lot of great things through that. And I just learned a lot about what to do, what not to do. When I was on the corporate recruiting team at Lucent, um, I would even do a thing for uh, for future engineers. And we would bring them on uh, to our factory and and I would even hold sessions for them on how to create a resume. Um, I did a, a session on how to interview with us. And then when I would go to college campuses, I would um, I would basically stand there and students would bring their resumes and I would quickly grade their resumes. And then I would uh, do a kind of an impromptu interview right there. And then we had a grading system we would use. And, and I would uh, put grades on those. And then when we got back to the office, um, we would upload all of that. And then we would make recommendations on who we should hire for summer interns and for full-time jobs. So through all of my experience doing this, my experience not only as one who was applying, my own kids who were applying, running scholarship committees, advising scholarship committee members on how to grade, what to look for. I've just really captured a, a good understanding of the process, and I'm going to try to teach you that in this series. Let's start with two general types of scholarships. There are fee waivers and there are cash awards. When you apply for a scholarship, you're looking to see which one of these two the scholarship is. A fee waiver is where the amount of money you owe to attend classes in a semester is reduced. So uh, at, a, at most schools, they will give a fee waiver, and that is not going to be a multiple or stacked award. Typically, you're going to receive one fee waiver, and it will be the largest fee waiver for which you qualify. So let's say that you had a bill of $8,000. So you had a tuition bill of $8,000 for this semester. And let's say that your fee waiver was for half. So you got $4,000 off. That would come straight off the top. So on your bill, it would show $8,000. Your fee waiver would be listed. It would say minus $4,000. And then there would be $4,000 remaining. So fee waivers typically are only one award and they cannot be stacked. Now, when you hear the word stacked in regards to scholarships or fee waivers, that means you can add scholarships together. So I might win a scholarship from um, Conoco. I might win a, a scholarship from Apple. And I, if they are stackable, that means I could use both of those toward my fees. Now, fee waivers typically are not stackable. It's going to be one award. If the scholarship is listed as a cash award, those typically are stackable. So you might win a cash award from the university. Let's say we have $4,000 remaining. Let's say that you received a cash award for $1,000 that semester. Let's say you also received uh, another cash award from, from Kellogg's food company. And so that's another thousand dollars. If those are cash awards and stackable, then they get added. So we're going to reduce the, the 8,000 down to 4,000 with the fee waiver. 
the 4,000 down to 3,000, then the 3,000 down to 2,000 because the cash awards, again, are stackable. So that's your two types. You want to look at that right up front and determine if it's a cash award, if, if I'm going to be able to stack that or add it. There's going to be restrictions on a lot of scholarships. The most popular restriction is where they are used. Some scholarships will designate that they're only good at certain colleges or universities. This is something to kind of look at right up front because I teach that you should apply everywhere, but you want to look at whether the scholarships restrict you on where. So some scholarships are given by the university or by the department of nursing or whatever at that college, meaning they're only good at that college or university. When I ran a scholarship uh, found, I was director, I told, uh, told you at the beginning of this episode, I was director of foundations for almost a decade. We had a restriction on our scholarship. It was an Oklahoma-based scholarship, and our restriction said that the scholarship would only be given if the student enrolled as a full-time student at a college or university in the state of Oklahoma. So sometimes there'll be restrictions like that. Next is how they are used. So some restrictions might be specifically, this money can be used for books. This money can be used for tuition. That can be, that can be designated by the scholarship committee. It can be designated where you may even have to send receipts to prove that's how you use that money. So scholarships committees and organizations can put a variety of restrictions on how the money is used. The third major restriction would be when they are used. Some scholarships are designated only as undergraduate scholarships, meaning they must be used in the first four years of school. Some are designated as freshman scholarships, meaning they can only be used the freshman year. And some are returning student scholarships. So maybe it's sophomore year, junior year, senior year. And we want to look at what those restrictions are and kind of know when or we can plan out that financial plan of how we're going to get through college. There's also a lot of specific types of scholarships, meaning that some might say this scholarship is only good for engineering majors. Now, this was an important one for me. Um, when, when I applied to Oklahoma State, I specified that I wanted to be an industrial engineering major. That was a really good thing that I had that figured out early on. I, I never changed my major. I know that's kind of weird, but because I started as an industrial engineering major, I was able to receive a lot of scholarships from the engineering department. So money is given not only by the university level, the university level scholarships are given to everyone. Everyone who attends that university is eligible to be in the running to win that money. But scholarships are also given by the individual college or department, the College of Engineering, the College of Education, the College of Arts and Science, the Department of Nursing. Scholarships are given by those as well. Now, how would a college or university even know if you're in the running for that? Well, when you apply, you fill out the scholarship application, they ask for your anticipated major. If you put down you want to be an engineer, then after the university committee reviews it, they forward it to their College of Engineering, and the College of Engineering has its own scholarship staff. They review it, and then they make an additional offer to you. So money's given by the university level to everyone, but then that next level, additional money is given by the various college or departmental level. 
Now, here's the problem with this. If that's true, that money is given by the next level, and the only way you get in the running for that is you put down a major, the problem with that is, what will many students put down as the anticipated major? Undecided. And as I say in my workshop, the College of Undecided is broke. All right? We do not put down undecided. And sometimes students get stressed about that because students will be like, well, what if I change my major? I'm like, it's okay. You can change. You still keep the cash. Look, you're not going to be able to renew that, you know, obviously if you change your major to a different department or college, but it's okay to change. And these colleges and universities know that not everyone sticks with the major. So you can start and you can change. It's okay. I want you to think about what you love. Think about what your interests are. And pick a major associated with that. Pick a major that's like that. The beginning first two year, first year, first two years, most of the classes are going to be pretty much the same. There's a little bit of variation in that um, where, where you may take a class that's specific to a major. But in general, let's put down a major that's associated with what we're interested in or what we might like. And let's get started with it. If we stick with it, great. If not, it's okay. We can still use that money for the years that we were in that program. So that is scholarships based on a major. There's also scholarships based on certain situations. Now, these are the ones that you always hear about. It just cracks me up. People always have these crazy things like, oh, well, if you're left-handed, you can win this scholarship. Listen, I'm left-handed. I never won a scholarship because I was left-handed. All right. I mean, no, no. All right. And, and, and you know, there, there, I know there's all these weird scholarships out there. And yes, we want to apply for them if we fit the category or whatever, but let's don't get too caught up in the weird situations. All right. A lot, a lot of people just like search for the weird situations all the time. And you end up just like, I don't know, you end up wasting a lot of time. So yes, there are a few of those out there, but we don't, again, we don't want to get too caught up in trying to find all those little two-bit scholarships that fit that specific situation. All right, so that gives you kind of a basis of what types of scholarships there are, um, kind of some of the wording that's used in the world of scholarships. And now what I want to do is I want to give you some key steps or key things that you must do in order to kind of get at the top of those lists and hopefully start winning a bunch of money. So I'm going to give you three key steps that you must do. Number one, they must know who you are. I'm going to give you a quick story to emphasize this. When I was a student at Harrow High School in Harrow, Oklahoma, I had an idea that I wanted to go to Oklahoma State. Every time Oklahoma State's rep came to our high school, she would set up the table with the OSU, kind of throw over it, put all the OSU materials out. And look, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right up front that the number one worst thing that could ever happen is that a college rep comes to your high school and we talked about it last week, right? I mean, I, I said this on the last episode, episode 12. If she comes to your high school and just stands there, it's no good. And so she's got to know who you are. And, and same thing that I talked about last week. I want you to walk up to her and introduce yourself. All right, so here's what we're going to do. That's if she comes to your high school. I want you to go online and find the rep that's signed to your high school and go ahead and reach out to her. Go ahead and send a message, whatever. And every time we introduce ourselves, just like we talked in last week's episode, we make sure she knows who you are. Every time there's an event, you should go there. Make sure she knows who you are. 
that's going to be really important because those college reps, they have a lot of pull. They, they kind of, uh, you know, they're telling the people, Hey, listen, this person uh, is really interested in, in, in coming here. And, and wow, this is a great student I met at this high school. So number one, they must know who you are. Number two, if you want to win scholarships, you want to get at the top of the list, you must do something different than your peers. Now, look, this is just the honest to God truth. If you are on a scholarship committee and you have a hundred applications to grade, you will skim. I'm just telling you, you'll skim. Why? Because they all look the same. And this takes people off guard when I teach this in my workshop. But if you put down that you're the student council secretary kept minutes, student council secretary kept minutes, that gets zero leadership points in my committees. Anytime that I run a scholarship committee or I advise scholarship committees on how to grade applications, I always tell them, student council secretary kept minutes, that should get zero points. Student council secretary kept minutes does not tell me you're a leader, doesn't tell me really anything. It tells me you were popular the day your school held a vote. And that is it. Now, again, some people are like, wait, I'm really active. I do a lot on student council. Well, great. Now, that's what I want to know. I want to know what you did. And you got to do something different. I mean, if I gave you 100 scholarship apps to grade, how many of those 100 do you think would say student council? I would say it's 20 plus of the 100 say student council somewhere on the application. You must do something different. Now, what is that different? Well, I'm going to talk about that more through this series. I will also say this is a great time for you to go to scholarships.chadcargo.com. It's my free resource on this exact topic. Do something different than your peers. What is that? How do you know what that is? How do you come up with that? And, and, and you, you need to get that. So scholarships.chadcargo.com. It's a free resource. Just type that in your URL. Don't Google search that. You're not going to find it. Just type that in your URL and it, you, it'll say, tell me where to send it, put your email there, submit, and in your inbox, you'll get a free PDF of exactly what that means of do something different than your peers. It's taking your talent, your passion, your love, finding people that are in need, people that are struggling, people that need inspiring, and doing a project to help them, inspire them, whatever. I'll talk about that more later. The third key step is you got to word it on your scholarship app in a way that I would actually read it or the grader would actually read it. Again, a lot of applications are skimmed. I don't want your application to be skimmed. I want you to put it on there in a way that the grader pauses and reads it and has an understanding and goes, oh, wow. Oh, I need to learn more about this person. But you got to be strategic in how you do it. Now, again, on that scholarships.chadcargo.com uh, resource, I break that down into the key rules you must follow. And I'm going to expand on that more in this series, but make sure that you are listing what you did. I want it to be something different. Can't just be, and I played sports over half the apps I grade say sports. I mean, you're not going to win for that. I'm glad you played sports, but that is not going to win a scholarship. Not, as long as we're not talking athletic scholarships and you're going to have to not only Put what you did that's different, but you're going to have to word it strategically to where you're putting the organization, you're putting your title, and you are listing your roles, or your responsibilities there. Now I'm going to give you a quick strategy on how to apply for scholarships. I want you to kind of think through this because if you just say, hey, I'm going to apply for a bunch of scholarships, 
you're not going to be productive. I'm just telling you, you'll be overwhelmed by that. You'll just be like, well, where do I start? What do I do? And this is, uh, you got to know that scholarships is not a sprint. This is a marathon. It's something we're going to do over a long period of time, and we need a plan. So here we go. You're going to try to find every scholarship application you can. I don't care if you use free websites. I don't care what you do, but I want you to find every application you can. It's going to be crucial that you, just like we talked in episode 12, you go to colleges, you meet with their scholarship financial aid department, you meet with that rep that represents your high school, and you want to talk to that rep who, you know, is assigned to your high school. You want to talk to her and you want to say, hey, tell me everything you know about scout. Tell me everything, any students that attend here that, uh, you know, from my area that, that have won scholarships. What have you heard? I want to know all of them. You want to start building a huge database of scholarships. And don't just do this at one college. Go to others. Use all of your networks. Um, resource with everyone. Talk to everyone you can. Hey, what scholarships? You know, what, where are you finding scholarships? And don't just depend on those huge scholarship sites. Okay? Don't do that. Because those things have like hundreds of thousands of scholarships listed on them. And you're going to waste a lot of time. So if you want to use those, that's fine. But... I want you to really kind of find everything local first, everything, not only with that university, um, everything outside that university that you might have connections to, but I don't care whether it's through the internet, your church, your parents' work. Um, I, I, I don't care. Community, uh, all of it. Counseling office. You, you find everything you can and you start building a database of these scholarship applications. All right. So now that we get this database of applications, here's how I want you to handle it. When I was in high school, now, again, I'm going way back. No internet at that time. I know. Uh, unbelievable. All right. So here's what I did. I had my mom's old typewriter. I had a file cabinet. I was kind of nerdy. I had a little two-drawer file cabinet in my room. I know. Ridiculous as a high school student, but whatever. So I made two folders. I made one that was writing portions and essays, and one that was no writing portion, no essays. Here's how I want you to do it now. Most of the scholarship applications for which you apply are going to be online. So I want you to create a bookmark folder of scholarships that are writing portion essay scholarships. Make another folder of no writing portion, no essay scholarships. Then you want to rename. So you bookmark the application for every one of these. Then you want to rename each application by its due date. So you want to be able to click on that bookmark folder and you want them to be in order of due date. Now, going back to when I was in high school, every weekend I would pull out my little file folder and I, I had them sorted by due date. So each weekend I could open up that folder and I could pull out all of the applications that were due that week. So for you, you want to just click on your folder, your bookmark folder, and you want to be able to very quickly, remember, if you are not efficient with this, it, it can get overwhelming very quickly. You need to be able to very quickly say, okay, this is the week of May 7th and I want to know every application due this week. You want to see that very quickly. So we have two folders. We rename everyone in the order of due date. So we sort by order of due date. 
Then for each week, I want to sort those by priority, likelihood of winning, or value. So if there's 20 applications that you've got due, you know, for February 1st deadline, I, I need to at least have some kind of priority there. I, I want to, you know, if, if I'm thinking, okay, this is like some, you know, huge scholarship out there that, you know, a million people are applying for. I, I don't know if I could get that. And wow, this is going to take me a little bit of time here. I may put that on down before I apply for the state farm insurance scholarship that is given locally by my agent that will go to a winner at my high school. I want to make sure that I'm applying first for the one that is local that I know someone from my high school is going to win. So I want to prioritize those. Let me just tell you the craziest thing ever. And for many listening, especially counselors, counselors are going to go, yeah, there's no doubt this is true. The foundation that I ran, um, I, I, this this is just absolutely crazy. But I remember one year we, we were giving away three $1,000 scholarships. Now, when you go back quite a ways, I mean, it, it was a substantial, I mean, that was a great scholarship. We were giving away three. You had to be a high school senior at that high school and you had to attend an in-state public college university, um, private or public college university. You just had to be in-state. That was the key. It had to be an in-state college university. You had to attend that high school. The application was super simple. I, I kept our apps unbelievably simple. And there would be an interview for the finalists. Now, listen to this. One year, we had one applicant. We didn't even get enough applicants to give away our scholarships. One year? We got zero applicants. This would have been free money. Someone could have signed her name on the application without filling it out and sent it in to us and she would have won. We had no applicants that year. So you must apply for a bunch. And and it, I don't care if it, you think it's a remote one or you, know, you think, oh, well, this was just, oh, I don't know who these people are or whatever. This looks like a small... Let's apply, apply for everything and see what would happen. I believe strongly that scholarships should be viewed as a job. It is probably the best dollar per hour job you are ever going to have. My daughter, Casey, who I've talked about a lot on these episodes, is a freshman at Rose. I know, kind of weird here, but her senior year, second semester, she worked a part-time job of scholarships. Theoretically, she clocked in and clocked out. And I would ask her every Sunday, I would say, hey, did you get your four hours of scholarship apps this week? She worked a four-hour week, part-time job of scholarships. Now, did she like it? No. Should it have been more than four hours? Yes. But I was trying to find a balance there. And so every week, she would spend four hours filling out scholarship applications. Now, Casey loved her job at Sonic. And if you're listening, uh, a lot of it, Sonic's all over uh, the United States. So uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. She loved it. She was a car hop at Sonic. Loved it. Made good money, I thought. And I, I just want to tell you right up front that the dollar per hour of scholarships blows the Sonic car hop job away. And Sonic is a great job, but it's not even close. And she'll tell you in the end, after four hours a week, every week, for her second semester of her senior year, her dollars per hour that she won in scholarship, it's astronomical. It wasn't like she was some super elite level, you know, ACT scores and all that stuff. 
It wasn't like that. But if you apply for enough, you can win a few. And you win those few, they add up to a bunch. Let's view scholarships as a job. Let's clock in, man. Start the job. And this will be the best dollar per hour job you probably will ever have. That's why I say, show me the money. It's not going to be easy. I mean, it's not like all these scholarships are going to, you know, crawl in your lap and you're just going to start doing whatever. But if you'll just get started, if you'll just get started collecting information on scholarships, then you can start building your database of the ones that require essays, no essays. And, and where do you start on that when you start filling them out? Again, I go by due date, by priority within that, and... I like to start with the no writing portion, no essay ones first. If you start with the no writing portion, no essay ones first, you're going to get a lot more done. People say, no, do the essay ones first because less people apply for them. It's true, less apply for them, but it's going to take you a long time getting all those essays written. And then you apply for a lot less. You got a lot less chance of winning. I want you to apply for a bunch. I've heard um, the statistics said that most students, and I'm not talking the elite, like extreme, you know, scores and all that, but most students will apply for about a hundred scholarships to win three. I think, you know, you can certainly increase that from a 3% win to a higher percent win. If you apply the techniques that I teach with uh, do something different and word it in a way that someone will actually read it. But it is going to take a lot of applications to win a few. On the writing portion essay ones, if you look ahead, and you know this is going to be real important as you're putting this together, see what kind of essays are required on the scholarship apps. If you can identify that, anytime in your English classes that you have some opportunities to create your topics on essays, Try to write those essays in a way that it can be used on that scholarship application. And another great thing about that is if you're doing it as an assignment in your English class, your English teacher is probably going to grade it, refine it, and then you can become a better writer. You can write better essays and that can really help. So if you're doing some forward planning and hopefully, I mean, certainly if you're listening to this even close to when it comes out live, in May of 2020, this whole lockdown quarantine thing in the summer coming up, you got a lot of time here. So we have a lot of time to do our research and we can start um, getting those essays organized to where we know what we might want to try to write about if we had some flexibility in some essays our senior year. All right, so that is where I'm going to leave the first part of the scholarship discussion next week. We're going to get going into a lot of details on what to do with all these scholarships. And it's going to, it's going to take some time. And, you know, I, I just hope that this is going to give you a very practical plan on how you want to approach it. So next, next week, I'm going to jump into those five keys that you must do to make your application stand out. You want to make that grader read it. And so I'm going to start going through how you word something on a scholarship app because most scholarship applications, as I said, look like all the others. I'm going to show you next week the five keys you must follow to make sure your app is read and placed at the top of the list. Now, this episode will not only be on the podcast.chatcroger.com, it'll be on all of your podcast apps. So subscribe to it. 
And that way, each week when a new episode comes out, you'll be the first to know because it'll pop right in for you. You can find me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can find it on any of those. So go ahead and get subscribed to that. And go ahead and get that resource downloaded, scholarships.chadcarker.com. And I'll talk you through that next week. And I'll explain what some of that means in that document. And that way, you will be able to start thinking through your projects and what you're going to do to help make sure you stand out. For those of you that listen on Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it if you would leave a review there. Go ahead and uh, hit that ratings uh, and leave a review. And if you do, as I've told you, I'd love to read some of those on the podcast episodes. So today, I want to read a couple. Uh, The first one is from Miss Faith. It's titled Episode 12. She said, I loved Episode 12 with the president of Rose State. Thanks for the great information, Chad. Well, you're welcome, Miss Faith. I was glad to do that one. I I love that episode. Uh, Man, Dr. Jeannie Webb is, man, she's awesome and just a great lady and uh, her energy is uh, contagious. So I loved doing that one. I'm glad you enjoyed that one as well. And let's read one more here. Uh, This is from P. Stillman 1. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing Chad's story and the info he shared in the first episode. Truly good info for me to be considering for my high schooler. Well, thank you, P. Stillman 1, for that review. And if you would leave a review, I'd love to read yours as well. So uh, feel free to do that. And uh, as always, feel free to mention your high school uh, or the, the school your kid goes to if you're a parent or if you're a student. And feel free to uh, say what you're involved in. I'd love to give a shout out to your football team or uh, to your uh, FFA or whatever you're involved in. That would just be awesome. I would love to do that on the podcast. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you have questions about anything I covered this week, a great place that you can post those is on the Chad Cargill Workshop Facebook page. I check that regularly. If there's any questions there, I'll be glad to respond. You can also email our office. I'm chad at chadcargill.com. My assistant is penny at chadcargill.com. And if you would like to have me come to your high school next school year, I'd love to do that. We're currently scheduling now. Penny told me uh, just a few days ago that we have several months that are already completely booked. So if you want me to come to your high school or come to your area for a workshop, you need to get that scheduled very soon. You can reach out to Penny, penny at checkroll.com or call our office 405-454-3233 and we'll get that set up for you. And hopefully uh, everything's going to reopen and I'll be back in your area soon. Well, thanks again for joining the podcast episode this week. I'll be back next Thursday with a brand new one, and we'll do part two of our scholarship series. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to the episode.